What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Booch Please Podcast. Today, I am joined in the house studio by two bad booches. <laughs> they are, yeah, they are powerful women in the community. Um, they co-founded this collective called Patchwork, which aims to support women in self-discovery, in community and connection. Um, so I'm going to have Des and Steen introduce themselves really quickly so let people know what you guys are up to, what you do, and what Patchwork is all about. All right, I'll start. So I'm Des, um, and I started off as, like, my background is in early childhood studies, and I work with a lot of kids who range just between zero to six years old. But within Patrick, we kind of just do a bit of everything, I think. We're, mm-hmm. we're definitely a bigger team. We're growing, and it's not really just about us. It's about the community that's involved. It's about all the women, all the youth. But within Patrick, I think it's a lot of the organization and coordinating that we have kind of do it in joint effort. Yeah, my name is Christine, but I also go by Steen. I'm a proud Filipina Canadian. (laughs) And I went to school as a nurse and I graduated. Didn't feel like it was quite my calling, but I still do nursing. And also now I moved to Toronto to pursue graphic design. And yeah, Patrick actually came about because I was lost. We were lost. We didn't know what we wanted to do in our lives. And I honestly thought I was alone in that, but I discovered that Des is in the same place. If she's in the same place, there's probably so many others in that boat too. So yeah, Patrick is about, you know, riding that boat together on this journey and of self-discovery. And it happens when you're in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, in your I can go on and on. <laughs> but, Actually, yeah. um, I'm really fascinated by that concept. You know, this shared experience of a lot of women and men, I suppose, feeling lost. Um, but where do you think this feeling comes from? Because I think when we compare ourselves to like what media shows us or what we see on Instagram, what other people are telling us about their lives, that's when that lost feeling, I think, is conjured. Hmm. Is we feel like we're not quite there or we're not where they are. Right. I think it can stem from so many things, like mm. whether it's your childhood, how you grew up, and right, like, now in the day and age, you do, like, find yourself comparing yourself to what the new standard is. Like, there's so many reasons why we people can feel lost in this day and yeah. age. I think I agree. It's, we're surrounded by so many external factors that kind of contribute to, like, our identity, and there's this, like, need, consistent need for us to actually form an identity. We can't kind of coast mm. for so long saying, oh, I'm just as. It's like, okay, who are you? What do you do? Why do you do that? And it's trying to answer all these questions while at the same time answering them for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's always like this creative part of everybody as well as like a practical part of everybody that can collide but also mesh. And I think it's just finding that harmony between them. So like Christine said, being in nursing and graphic design, my background's with children, it does kind of sync with what we do in terms of community work, but it's a different age group. So even adapting programming and just like language is so different. Also too, like we're so multi faceted as people that it's mm-hmm. like yes back then like our parents like they stick to one they stuck to one job and one job only whereas now it's like we're discovering more about ourselves like yes there's this maybe logical side but there's so many other parts to us that only now as you grow and learn new things you discover about yourself which is mm-hmm. super interesting and there's other things there's more to us than just being a teacher mm-hmm. than just being you know a fitness coach you know so so well said and I think growing up we're kind of shown that we have to pick a lane yeah when you even as a kid they'll ask you what's your dream job you know what is the job that you are going to commit your life to Mm -hmm. versus 
who do you want to be? Like, what kind of person do you want to be? How do you want to feel when you're older? We go into high school, you know, then we have to choose a career path for university or college Mm -hmm. or apprenticeships. And then after university, we pick companies or jobs or niches within these career paths. And so that is hard. And when you're at that age, you're so young, you haven't experienced a lot of the world yet. You haven't really figured out exactly who you are as a person yet, Mm -hmm. but you're, you're forced to kind of pick the beginnings of your career and that's such a big part of your identity going back to what Des said that Mm -hmm. is difficult to navigate as people age they start to realize what they picked when they were in their early 20s late teens (laughs) no longer resonates with who they are now 10 20 years later so it's nobody's fault it's not that you know you lack discipline or commitment it's just Mm -hmm. that it's okay that you're changing so what niche do you think patchwork fulfills within the the community here in Toronto? I think um, it's hard to say niche because Patrick is open to so many people. <laughs> Honestly, everyone, like you can disagree, everyone goes through change. The void that it does fill though is the like vulnerability and being able to have open discussions about topics that are uncomfortable or we may be uncomfortable talking about like, like or taboo topics. Like yeah. we try to bring uh, to awareness like things people are uncomfortable like breast cancer sexual consent like those are just few examples of what we want to have open conversations about or even nutrition you know it was so great having you in 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 our sessions that people need to hear this because otherwise how are they going to be exposed to it yeah Mm -hmm. i think too is like patrick is growing we're growing as people and there's a Mm -hmm. lot of like this process of it going through a process of self-discovery it was like our baby and it kind of slowly growing and things are happening so there's a lot of just i think people who resonate with that idea of okay i'm I'm not sure they're just showing all these things we haven't really put ourselves in a category and for so many so many times we've asked ourselves like what are we going to do or who are we what do we want to be and a lot of people were like you guys are doing fine just doing all the things so maybe we stick to that I don't know what will happen in a couple years, but we'll see. And it's also just been this idea of like creating a community space where you see yourself, where you can walk in and you're like, oh yeah, I look like these people, I talk like these people, I feel like them. But it's also just feeling a sense of representation. And when we started off, a lot of times it was like, okay, we want to have a space, yes, to empower women, but often there's so many like amazing men in our community spaces who Mm -hmm. also want to empower women, who also just wanted to empower us. And we were like, maybe we're not for women by women let's just be led by women and that doesn't just mean us exclusively i think that just means you know having you in the space and leading something having brit led the session you know you're seeing all these powerful women and all of us can look up to say like i see myself in you but also we had john from john rehab do a mobility session and it was so great and none of, nobody felt uncomfortable because you know that him entering the space is just there's a sense of trust mm-hmm. so it's been nice to kind of not have to box ourselves off and i hope that like we don't ever have to. I think there's so many different types or identities that people identify themselves with and we should be open. We don't want to have, I mean, we're not a feminist group. <laughs> we're more just like a community. So. Just female empowerment. Yeah, you don't so have to label wanna, it as such. Exactly. Yeah. So it's been it's been nice to kind of just explore what this means. Yeah, yeah. that's really refreshing because mm-hmm. I think coming from someone who owns a business, mm-hmm. that's the one thing that other entrepreneurs or business owners or people that I look up to like mentors will always say is you have to be specific in the 
and servicing the people that you're working for. So be specific with your target market, be specific with your messaging. Um, but it's nice to hear you know, groups like this where we don't have to put ourselves in a box. We don't have to be anything and ev- we can be everything. Um, and that invites possibility. I love how you're talking about how we're growing with it too because that's the beauty of it. Like we are not ex, like sure we know stuff about stuff we can teach it's not like a that hierarchy where it's like a teacher and student it's like mm-hmm. we're in this with you like we join the sessions too because we want to learn and we you know we're going with you so it's kind of that mentality it's beautiful yeah. i think that ties back to the name itself yeah. patchwork mm-hmm. it's just people coming together yeah forming this textile we're all individual pieces of this fabric (laughs) (laughs) in your experiences prior to patchwork um did you have like any sort of transformative um journey with community like did you have a community that really changed your life i'm seeing nods okay okay (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go first (laughs) you can't go first so we do well we are pretty associated with the kickback but that was a big for myself that was a big community space that just entering I mean I entered it in a different path than maybe other people got to know them but I've just learned so much so much from all the people who are part of it and it's just been like great exceptional it's being around people who just want to do good and care and there's no kind of this like I'll do something for you you have to do it back for me it's just like I'm doing things because I want to um, and it's a good reminder that that's just you have to set intentions of just being positive and good and not expect anything in return and things will kind of work out in their, in their own I guess so yeah. And, yeah in what ways have you been able to I guess replicate those lessons or implement those lessons in your own life um, well for yeah same like the kickback mm-hmm. like when I moved here to Toronto that's when it was starting so it, it was something that I um, felt like I actually needed. I was put into many uncomfortable situations like of growth where I had to lead a session for example where I didn't even know really like what am I doing <laughs> and so the thing that I loved about it though was was seeing like being fulfilled teaching something to the youth but really the bigger lesson was them teaching me something. So I think in my own life I see that as um, even transiting to Patrick and in my own life where there's so much we can learn from other people. We just have to have that open mind and curiosity to get to know them. So, so you mentioned you moved here from Vancouver, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's a pretty big change. That means you've left a lot of friends and family behind. Um, how was that experience, like transitioning groups of friends, I guess, and finding new friends here in Toronto? Well, I have to say I'm very grateful because, I mean, the friends that I have found here, it did have to take over time, but I did meet so many great people here Um, but with every change there's loss and growth and just all these feelings and emotions you go through so the first year was definitely hard even though I had people to reach out to like my sister actually was living here too Mm. I still felt so felt so alone for some reason just because my personality like I can be an introvert so it's hard for me to just reach out sometimes Mm. Um, but I realized the more I did put myself in uncomfortable situations the more I did join things and just put myself out there to with the intention of wanting to grow then the more I did grow and how about you Des have you had any experiences with changing communities or changing friend groups yeah for sure I think everybody goes through it once in their life um my family yeah (laughs) at least once my family is their like our home base is in the west end of Toronto west end as in like north york area so close to Jane and Finch west end shepherd um so I grew up in that space in that community was very diverse and a lot of the families it just it was a marginalized community to be 
Frank. And I went to school in a very like low income, underfunded TDSB school that didn't really care about their students and the success of students. Unfortunately, we had a lot of teachers who did. So it kind of balanced up. There was a balance act there. But having to kind of come from that space and those experiences, and of course, even within my home experiences, coming from a two-parent home, entering these other spaces, a lot of the, the conversations and things I couldn't relate, or my peers couldn't relate to me. And those are just small things. And then transitioning to, I went to Ryerson for university, and I was in a mainly predominant program with a lot of women. And there was a lot of culture collide with that too, because of just my lived experiences, sometimes we'd be talking about topics, whether it is marginalized children. Mm-hmm. And I could be like, oh, I understand. Like, I can relate to why there was a snack program in the school or why we need these things. And, you know, you're speaking to it and other people can. And it's understanding, like, it's not that they don't care or they lack information. It's just it's not their lived experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so having to kind of transition from all those education and institutional systems and then to having to be put on your own and you come from these different perspectives and these different lived experiences. And you're like, okay, I'm this multifaceted person. But at sometimes, too, you also almost had to, like, pretend and pick and choose who you wanted to be in front of people. So I don't think it was until recently meeting people that I just, like, connected with and I felt like I could be my organic self. You could just, I could. Often it was like, okay, I could be, like, Des who could talk in slang one way and, like, Des who has to, like, be a little bit more Please professional. Please bring that Des out. And then yeah. I the slang Des. And then I was on the phone with Christine and I was like, if I could. She was like, oh my goodness, who is this high school version of me? I was like, I know, I was but like, I'm better now. So it's just trying to, trying to remind myself that it's okay to be my authentic self all times. I don't have to convert or change for other people to make them comfortable. I think I need to be who, what I'm comfortable with. 100% of the time, and then everything else would just kind of be what it needs to be. Oh I my love God. that. I fucking feel that in my soul. Yes. Holy crap. Um, I definitely struggle with that too. And I went to Ryerson for university. Yeah. I went to dietetics. So that's also a very female um, predominant program. And that program was full of mature students. So there was a lot of people coming back for their second degrees, and they had families. Having such mature classmates or colleagues, um, their priority was to get good grades so they can support their family. It's very different than what my priorities were at the time. So I found myself forming very different friend groups. Like at school, I would be hanging out with these moms or um, like older ladies. And then I also had other friend groups outside of that. And I felt the same way. It was like with each friend group, I would show a different side of myself. I would try to belong by being a different version of myself. And that's not necessarily me being inauthentic Mm -hmm. because I honestly didn't know who my authentic self was. They all felt like Mm -hmm. somewhat authentic. Mm -hmm. A part of you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then it took a lot of work, I think, um, on my own. I think traveling really helped me do that. Just being in my own company in a foreign country Um, figuring out like this is what I like this is how I speak this is what I think of the world Mm -hmm. and then developing the confidence to speak up in these various groups when something didn't agree with me or if I had a different opinion Um, and it's such a journey to to get there ultimately so out of these circles of friends that you have now do you have many female friendships would you say I would say so yeah Mm -hmm. and you guys were talking about different groups of friends and I definitely felt that too where at one point I'm like am I am I like uh what is that word like do I have multiple personalities like (laughs) am I crazy yeah so I actually really like thought something was wrong with me because like I think you said something how how you would 
trying to fit the mold because you know especially growing up you you want to belong you want to fit in that's all we want yeah that form of connection but and for me I was my personality is trying to be that people pleaser you know the middle mm-hmm. child always trying to mend the two the peacemaker whatever but it actually put me at jeopardy at one point because I'm like um am I just trying to please them and not please myself so I think definitely spending time with yourself and understanding like you are actually the five people you spend the most time with so mm-hmm. just because they're different group friends make mean those are different parts of your personality and I kind of accepted that and mm-hmm. even discovered that along the way mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah I think once you understand who you are it's actually easier for you to have different friend circles mm-hmm. because you feel more confident bringing yourself into that instead of feeling drowned out by them. Yeah, and now I, I'm really happy that I have friends that, you know, we get into debates about certain mm-hmm. things because I learn every time we mm-hmm. have this, like, invited conflict. It's not like us arguing over dumb things. Um, and I, I know that we all have core values that are the same, like kindness, mm-hmm. honesty, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But just, like, the little things. Um, then, then you can always learn from someone. Sure. And I think female way. friendships are valuable. There's oh, yeah. a lot of uh, essence of like sistership when it comes to some of your female yeah. friendships. Like I was laughing with Christine because I have this sweater in a different color. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to wear it. And I was like, I won't wear it then. And she's yeah, like, we can. And I was like, no, we're on the camera. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my. Like, yeah, like, but this is a sister moment. We can't wear the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But then I also have a friend that I've known since I was six years old. And we were thinking about today. And we're like, this is almost, we're almost at 20 years of friendship. And we've consistently wow. been in each other's lives. And, you know, that's my best friend. And we've spent, but we don't have to call each other all the time. We don't mm-hmm. have to text all the time. And mind you, we lived down the street from each other before, and now that I'm downtown, it's a little bit. It's created that distance, and a pandemic is also part of it. And adulting. <laughs> but, and honestly. adulting, and all these things. But it, it's a good reminder that, like, I think my female friendships are kind of what ground me in terms of how I move and navigate the spaces and mm-hmm. understand myself better, because I can always be 100% transparent with and we can have candid conversations and sometimes things get so deep you're like I just met you how did this happen <laughs> that's what happened like, yeah, like, how did these things happen but, with us. Yeah. and so it's so special and I've I've fortunately only experienced that so far with females I know there's many men I'm sure we could but there's just a level of like relatability with certain lived mm-hmm. things that we've done as females or women whatever mm-hmm. you identify as but it's like you're totally right on that and on the total opposite spectrum, though, there have been relationships that I've had to let go of, like, especially mm-hmm. growing up. Like, my best friend, I've known her for since I was, uh, I've known her for so long, but, like, actually, to be honest, like, she used to bully me. And I didn't know if that was, like, is this how friends are supposed to act? And yeah. mind you, I'm still friends with her yeah. to this day, but it wasn't until... What's her name? What's her name? No, I love her. <laughs> Call she's, her up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope she's not listening. <laughs> Um, but no one listens to the podcast. You're good. <laughs> There's like four people that listen to it. I'm included. Um, but it wasn't until years later that I realized the reason she was so mean to me and I was the butt of the jokes was because her older brother used to bully her and she thought that was showing love. Mm. So like she used to bully her younger sister, me. And then I t- and when I was younger, I was like, hey, I'll just take it. Like I'm just going to be like whatever, right? And go- after like 10 years later, I know it's so long, but she explained to me like no like I didn't mean to like I thought you'd understand because you're so close and I think it's that just you know it's people show love in different ways but I there's definitely friendships where if I feel like there's something wrong I have to be self-aware of like my emotions and like that gut like why do I feel 
you know, that's the way. Like, I have to either bring something up or I have to, you know, sometimes things don't serve you, so you gotta... So actually, recently, um, back in June, I, one of my best friends, like, I always tell her, as a joke, as a joke, <laughs> I would say, um, I would bury a dead body for you, no questions asked. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, like, it's, it's unconditional love, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of love there, and she actually reached out and she asked for space. Like, she was going through a lot of transition mm-hmm. at, in her life at the time. And she was like, I don't really want to communicate or be in contact. I don't want to um, stay in touch for the next little while. And immediately, I took so much offense to that. As in, like, what did I do? Did I piss you off? Did I make you upset? Did I, you know, ignore your feelings on something? And she did it in such a kind way to mm-hmm. make me feel like, no, it has nothing to do with you. I'm on a journey right now and I need to do this with without you and it has nothing to do with you there's so much love there um, and I know that in the future we're still gonna be friends I just need some space right now and it was kind of abrupt I was blindsided by it but she did it in a way that was so kind that invited me now to believe that I can do that too Mm -hmm. you know if I ever need space I can speak up instead of growing resentment towards someone Mm -hmm. that doesn't know that I need space Mm -hmm. Um, and so even in conflicts like that like we learn so much about Mm -hmm. ourselves and what's possible for us and I think it was good for her to kind of circle back and say like I need space but I also know that we're going to remain friends Mm because there's often a lot of times where we get into these like you know, we end off conversations with I need space and because you care about somebody or you, you know, value them, you're going to be like, okay, I'll give you that space. Mm-hmm. But there's never that opportunity to circle back and it's almost exactly. like, when do we do that? Or how do I, like, <laughs> right. do I, you know? And it, it creates, like, a, almost a barrier within a friendship and a relationship. So it's nice that she, like you said, a kind way. And I think if I ever had to do that, I would do it exactly the same way because it's not personable exactly. or personal. It's just, like, you need, you need space. That's healthy. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. That approach definitely is important because... Mm-hmm. People can take things the wrong way, and I think that's the number one thing, especially during COVID, is to not take things personally. Like, when people, like, they have such different rules. I know it's kind of off topic, but it's just like, no. you know, if it's like, oh, it is? Okay. Well, <laughs> it's like, you know, some people aren't comfortable <laughs> hugging, some people aren't comfortable, you know, being inside spaces, and you have to respect that. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. It, don't take it personally. They're just looking after their health, or even their loved one's health, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. So. Yeah, she made her intentions very clear. Like, I know we're going to be friends again one day. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know when that is, but know that that's my intention, is I want to discover myself or heal parts of myself, and then I want to come back and be friends. (laughs) One thing you touched on, Des, is representation. And Mm -hmm. you mentioned you're a proud (laughs) Filipina-Canadian. She (laughs) loved that. Right there, she (laughs) got the name. (laughs) First thing she said about herself. She wants you to know. I was like, do I have to say I'm a proud afro By the way. Guess we're yeah. While we're at it, I'm just Chinese. <laughs> but she's proud. There's us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, I am. <laughs> no, 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 I am. Um, but speaking about representation, there was such a lack of it when I was growing up. And I grew up in North North York. Mm-hmm. I grew up kind of all over um, Toronto. Like I spent some time in Regent Park and Scarborough, North York, Markham, all these wow. places. Um, even though there, I was surrounded by Asian people, I never felt like. I belong because I didn't see that representation in culture in general. I didn't see that in magazines. I didn't see that on TV. Truly, the only person I could relate to in terms of like personality and um, ethnicity was Mulan, who's a cartoon. <laughs> and I think that's not okay. And I'm really glad that that's changing now for the younger generation. Um, 
because typically for Chinese people, we're depicted as such a one-dimensional character. Like, you have the hot Asian girl, like Lucy Liu, Mm -hmm. who is whitewashed, and I think in, like, Charlie's Angels, she had a white dad, (laughs) you know? And then you also have, like, the nerdy Asian person in any friend group. So those are the two only tropes that existed. And that, to me, felt really isolating. Mm -hmm. Um, What about you guys when you were growing up? Me? Oh. Oh, Well, when I... Because you talked about Mulan, honestly, I, my first thought was Pocahontas. <laughs> I just growing up, I remember watching her, and I think how it relates to my life was yes, yeah, so well, one, I didn't see a lot of representation in terms of who I could be when I grow up, but with Pocahontas, like she was such a badass with trying to make her own rules and go against the grain, but at the same time, she was kind of shamed for doing that. And even though the moral story was like, yeah, like she just stuck to being herself, it did in my mind tell me okay I had to respect my family's wishes and you know become like earn that Filipino dream of being a nurse but like that was all beyond like I didn't really know like is it okay to be like an artist a graphic designer is that okay like you know my parents especially like they're so traditional it's like where is the money gonna come in you know but I think now in this day and age there's so like there's so many open lanes to that that I think representation at least now is becoming more prevalent but totally, growing up, I, you know, I just didn't see many. Yeah, I don't think I know any Filipino, like, yeah. characters. <laughs> that, that, yeah, mm-hmm. all the time I was like, you really had to relate to Pocahontas. <laughs> just you had nobody, right? <laughs> You're like, she's a person of color, I'm a person of color. Yes, she has yes. long black hair. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you had to go far. You're like, I know. Like, can I see totally. And I love Disney princesses, but it's like, you know, like, I guess I have no choice but to... Yeah whatever you're exposed to. It was to. limited. So mm-hmm. limited. And I and I completely agree. And there was a lot of like, even too, when you're mixed race or biracial or whatever you identify with, you're even confused a lot of times of like, what am I and who am True. I? Who do I look like? So I always had these questions and thankfully my parents were always there to answer them. But I seen my mom and I was like, okay, you have brown hair and green eyes and you're like pale. And I see my dad, I'm like, okay, you're 10. Like, what does that make me? A lot of it was like tokenism, the Mexican friend, the yes. this and that. And you're just like, that's not me. I don't see myself there. Is that how we're supposed mm. to be? Like, <laughs> I don't relate. So mm. it's been, it's like, there's, luckily there's a lot of change, but I agree with you. It sucks. It was, it sucked growing up and not being able to see yourself. And yeah. I think that's why a lot of times entering into spaces, I would be kind of conflicted because I'm like, same, going into virus, I'm like, I don't see myself in this classroom. I'm like the one of one. Yeah, and and it wasn't that I needed to see that. I just want also wanted to walk into a space and feel comfortable, and I didn't feel that. And so eventually, I had to like take myself away from that. And I think mm-hmm. that's where Patrick came. It's like, at, where can like any woman of any race of any identity walk in and be like, okay, cool, these are dope people. Like, I want to connect to them. I want to talk to them. I want to explain my story, but like Christine said, not come from an expert model and at the same time learn. So mm-hmm. the representation thing was a big, for me, was a big role in like why Patrick had to exist. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I <laughs> And I, I know that this was something that you guys created because you wanted um, it selfishly, for yeah, selfish, yes. selfish, selfish. <laughs> that's how all great like organizations start though is where you see like a, a need for um, something and you only you can experience that or mm-hmm. identify that need mm-hmm. um, but yeah. like you previously mentioned that like the one great thing about being in Toronto is there is a lot of community spaces and there, mm-hmm. it's sometimes just putting yourself out there to look for them mm-hmm. because I think that was also where I faulted is just never trying to look for community spaces being so comfortable in what I knew growing up it was just like my same friends we went to elementary school then high school and you kind of stayed in this box and 
I didn't want to venture out. And the moment I met like the people from the kickback, I was like, oh wait. And continuously like people are like, did you hear about this place and this place and that? I'm like, there's so much out there. So maybe if one doesn't work for you, you just gotta keep moving on and try mm-hmm. like finding another. It's the same like with therapists or like you know, like <laughs> anything. Sure. You just gotta keep trying until you find something that fits. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and you only know what you don't like or mm-hmm. like when you try it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And in what other ways did like this lack of representation impact your sense of self or like confidence or even like for me it for me it was like body image it was like I just didn't see an Asian girl who wasn't petite and feminine or ultra feminine and like submissive in media Mm -hmm. and I definitely didn't feel like that was me so it automatically put me in this mindset of I'm not attractive because I don't look like this one Asian girl that Mm -hmm. is on tv or in a magazine yeah magazines are a lot of uh, were like my escape growing up and mm-hmm. you're right like I would just I would just see celebrities that are well not Asian and I think it was I guess at that time I wasn't like actively discovering who I was in a sense I was just you know sifting through it mm-hmm. but definitely maybe subconsciously the reason why it was so hard for me to get to know who I was is because I you know couldn't find someone who I could really relate to and and become that like maybe one person honestly would be Erica Badu just because she's mm-hmm. like that she's just this presence of being herself unapologetically mm-hmm. no matter how like left side she can be but yeah like just that self-expression you know mm-hmm. but either other than that like I couldn't really yeah relate mm-hmm. to or have a role model you know like my mom for sure is a role model but it's like you know it's mm-hmm. in a different way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for me it was literally my hair I'd never seen my hair in anything and growing up it was like this constant desire to like can I straighten my hair like why doesn't my hair look like Pura's mom or you know can you do my hair and she couldn't so my sister thankfully I had older sisters and they Mm -hmm. had curly hair my older sister had curly hair so she could do it but a lot of like I don't see myself and people asking questions like why is your hair like that and Mind you, when you're young, you don't really know all the products that exist. Mm-hmm. So it was frizzy, it was this. I had, and it didn't exist back then either. Yeah, there I wasn't. had this desire to like have hair that didn't look like mine. And every day when I like you know go through children's stories or see all these like books, I love how they love their hair. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I had something like that to show me that it was okay, and there was multiple people who had this, I would have. I think there would be. It would have saved me a lot of damage, mm. like actual hair damage, oh, not, okay. not emotional <laughs> damage, like, just hair trauma. Damage. <laughs> hair damage but uh luckily I overcame that and I think seeing representation within my family was super like you said super important because I couldn't see it within media so mm-hmm. you know seeing like my aunts with with their curly hair my sisters mm-hmm. and I was like okay like they can do it I can do it looking back now who were some of like your favorite female role models and what impact did they have on your life you guys mentioned having sisters and mm-hmm. your moms and whatnot I grew up as an only child so that was tough and I had a very tumultuous relationship with my mom growing up during high school years we were like so similar so we would just constantly butt heads now Mm -hmm. we're best friends which I'm (laughs) really grateful for that for that turnaround and I never saw that coming like if you had told me when I was 14 like you're gonna be best friends with your mom someday I'd be like nah you're whack you're crazy (laughs) (laughs) but um I'm, I'm glad for that turnaround but I think growing up I just I can't think of many well I mean for me, I used to love writing poems, going like just as my escape during nursing school, and for some reason, like Lauren Hill sticks out to mind just because I wanted to be like her so bad. Mm-hmm. Because I'm such, I'm so opposite. Like I'm such a shy, sensitive person that 
Lauren Hill would be like this badass, like right, and she'd be like, oh, she like her, <laughs> and then she would just be like her, uh, like she just showed me that I, it would be my alter ego to be like that, mm. you know, like just to be like this badass, like who could just rhyme and whatever, just Steenie from the block, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it comes sense. out sometimes. But that was my form of a role model is that escape to the outlet to write rhymes and then channel my inner Lauren Hill. <laughs> you know, everybody has like feminine and masculine energy. My yeah. like feminine energy wasn't really um, prized or celebrated by me until recently. Hmm. Um, oh, I've really? always taken on like a more masculine, I think, persona. How has oh. it um, come up recently with your feminine energy? How has that been? Um, I think... I think honestly it was through Lululemon like mm. I worked there for a little bit and through just like personal development and also the people that work there they showed me that oh there is this duality that exists in everyone mm. and here's how you can honor that part of you that maybe you don't feel like is very empowered right now like I felt like for me being feminine meant being weak emotional um impulsive all of these negative connotations when all of these words can also have really positive connotations yeah they showed me that it meant so much more to be feminine than just sexy mm. uh and like a good housewife what about you guys growing up did you have the sense of like femininity that you wanted to embody and what did that mean to you i definitely think with celebrities feminine like being feminine did mean like me being sexy or like having mm -hmm. to show like you know like just sh trying to show off your body in that way because i think the media portrayed at least my vision of that and a lot of times um i would you know like i would i would be the total opposite i'd be so super shy of just like of the hunch like, you know what i mean so i guess there there was a feminine side for me of me a feminine side of me for sure but yeah like like housewife like my mom would do all the you know the chores so that's my my identity with feminine like fe like being feminine is you know being um sub what is that word subservient or like just submissive like, submi yeah submissive just always like you know giving like always caring nurturing caring, yes, which are yeah, good qualities for sure, for sure but it's almost like done to a fault um with disregard for their own self-care right mm -hmm. yeah definitely Immigrant mothers, man, mm. they are just givers. I like, know. Bless Shout those angels. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> like the, it never stops. Like it'll mm -hmm. never end. They're always. Mm -hmm. yes. You're forever their child. And that's something <laughs> I always joke around with, like the kids I work with, because they're like, "You're not a kid." I'm like, "I'm someone's kid." Like I'm mm -hmm. my mom, you know. Don't she, worry. Yeah, she's like she's still mom's me. Like you know, she'll call me. She's at Costco. All the things. So it's just you appreciate, and I and I think there's certain qualities of her that sometimes I'm like. You know, I don't want to have, but there's things where I'm like, there's so much of her, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I hope I embody as a parent. And it starts mm -hmm. with like little things now, like wanting to, like, I know you love to cook, so same thing, like, my mom loves to cook, so I'm like, <laughs> I want to love to cook, so that Mike, like, when Jamal asked me the other day, he's like, What's the favorite thing your mom made for 20 minutes? I was like, I don't know, like, mm -hmm. everything she makes yeah. is amazing, mm -hmm. I can't yeah. tell you. And he's like, Desiree, what would you want this specific Sunday? I was like, I don't know. He's like, what's wrong with you? Like, it's one question. What do you want to eat? Yeah, I know. I, it's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we gotta hand it off to them because I don't know how our parents did it. Like, sometimes oh. I don't even have time to make food for myself, but how can my mom work 
a whole shift, mm-hmm. come home, cook, clean, do the laundry, everything, and I'm like under the sun. Help I'm like, our homework. Yeah. Make sure that we're. Oh okay. my gosh! Yeah. yeah, mom used to stay up to like, three in the morning helping me with my my like doing my homework for me. Oh my god! Yeah. The truth comes out. <laughs> so, country, yeah. <laughs> so your mom's also a nurse, yeah. technically. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she didn't work in the hospital, but yeah, no, it's like a superwoman job, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's when we like, in terms of Patrick, it's like okay we're not moms but as like women or just people in the community we have a lot to give to the same way our moms and our role mm-hmm. models gave to us and I think it's a kind of connecting and creating those relationships with others like there's so many women and youth that I've never met that I'm meeting through patchwork and I'm just like if I had you my whole life I'm sure like so many my perspectives my identities things would have changed and it's nice that they can be a part of these youth lives like those conversations you had at shift so many of those never heard those things before, right? And this is the first time they're hearing, but I'm sure they're going to walk away and be like, okay, that's something I can consider. And th- that little thing mm-hmm. that you know that you're, you're like, I got this, is I talk about this all the time Take for, for them. granted. Yeah, for it's sure. so new. So I, that's the one thing I appreciate about it. It's like, I don't think we identify ourselves as role, as role models, but I think we encompass that importance of like giving back and making sure that we're caring for each other. And I know that they embody the same thing. Oh my god, you're gonna make me cry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Please cry. That <laughs> increases <laughs> the views and the listens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, Tim mentions the title is like, yeah. girl who cries. Yeah. I made her cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is like a m- memory or a moment during patchwork that just solidify that this is my purpose, this is what I need to be doing right now, that confirmed in you, like you're on the right path with this project? There's a lot of times, actually. Okay, what's one? Well, okay. one example, actually, is when we first met. Like, oh! Yeah, you're one of her. Well, like, because it was, it was, um, like, I just met you at with BB's pop-up, and I was like, I don't know this person, but why are we connecting on such a deeper level? And it's because we share this, 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 this value or like we connected where it's like we both want to do something bigger than ourselves and it's like that's what Patrick is about is just having spaces to create leaders but also to learn and just mm-hmm. all these things mm-hmm. it's, there's mm-hmm. so many so many feelings that we've had too like post phone calls yeah. like all these there's so many there's so many yeah and, so grateful yeah no me too I, when you ask that question I'm like wow the whole process has been mm-hmm. like something that I'm grateful for but I think on top of everything Christine said, um, I think one for me would be just the fact that those kind of after messages, like you reach out to somebody and you're like, hey, do you want to do something? They're like, yep, no questions asked, right? Like, it's like, okay, when are we going to get done? Or now people coming out to us like, hey, do you guys want to do something? And for us, that was like a moment like, wait, they want to do something with Patchwork? Like they mm-hmm. care about Patchwork? And <laughs> or I, I think we had, um, we did the basketball custom planter thing. Mm-hmm. And with one of the youth, she couldn't come. And literally like two hours before the session, I messaged another one. I was like, hey, do you want to come? She's like, no problem. I'll be there. Because there's that trust and that relationship built that they're like, whatever, whatever, regardless if it's coming from us or somebody else who's hosting something with alongside Patrick, there's just like, I know it's going to be something beneficial. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to like it or have fun, which is super important. Fun is important. People forget that, but fun is important. <laughs> so it's just a good reminder. It's like, okay, nobody's asking nobody's asking for money. Nobody's asking for like, mm-hmm. how much is this going to get me? Nobody's saying how much likes or hearts or whatever, you know, am I going to be famous after this? It's literally like community and there's so much community out there that we're learning about. We just want to give back. And I, I can't believe that that 
is something that exists at such a big scale. Like something as simple as when you're saying, I want to come. And you, you could do anything on a Sunday, but you dedicated that, you know, hour, two hours. It was long. We were like talking for three, it feels like three hours when you were around. Or just, you know, people who are in professional skill sets, like our uh, friend Sarah, who's a black psychotherapist, who can charge people hundreds of dollars a session and is willing to do these things for free. Like, it's just amazing that that's a good reminder. It's like, okay, cool. If we can tap in our community because they care, then I think it just, it's going to be sustainable. And that's the one thing is just people care. It's not about, it's not always a business. And you're servicing people on both sides. You're Mm -hmm. giving people the tools that they need to discover themselves. And you're also giving these professionals an outlet to reach these people. And that feels good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're you're the connection piece. And if you guys hadn't come together, put in the work, I'm sure it was a lot of work setting all of this up, putting the work, then none of it would exist. And we would have never met the people that we were supposed to meet or we were supposed to help. And even for us, like, we're so thankful for all the people who want to give, like, want to work or help, or mm-hmm. we have Wealth Wednesday, oh we have Self Care Sunday, and I, know Chris- I love those. I know. And Christine and I hated Instagram posting because it's yeah. stressful. And we had two friends who reached out and said, "Hey, I really care about wellness and like you know health." And another person said, "Hey, shout I- out to Fevin." Yeah, yeah. Fevin. She was like, "I care about this. Can I post on Patchwork?" We're like, "Yes, please." Yeah, like, she's share- been killing it. Yeah, you know? and like- everybody we meet says, "I love these two segments," and they have nothing to do with us. We, I mean, of course we assist, but it just shows you that like it's not about us it's really about the community space and the capabilities of everyone involved and i think that's what is probably maybe that's my favorite thing yeah i choose that <laughs> that's 20 so minutes many. later yeah. <laughs> i choose that one everybody involved them yeah. they're my favorite and i just was when you were talking to i remember that very first um zoom call session we had and we both we both uh talked on the phone after and we were like we did it. Like, we were, like, I remember that feeling of just, like, this high of just, like, we had, like, our first Zoom call. Like, we had, like, it was probably, like, five people who attended. But, like, we're, like, but, like we did it. Yeah, like, we just did such it. A, yeah, and it was so uncomfortable, like, for me to just even talk in front of people. Mm-hmm. It was such a big step for me to do, but it's, like, and when I watch the feedback, like, the footage again, I just cringe at <laughs> myself, but it's. So me great. in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like episode one, like, oh God, I sound yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. One thing I learned recently that like has been a big thing for me was that values can change. Like we don't have, you know, six months from now we can reevaluate reevaluate our values and they might change. So when I remember when we first started patchwork, it was just like mm-hmm. for me, it was like, okay, I need to find my purpose. And then somebody, my friend Rachel, mentioned to me, she's like, you're living in your purpose. And the, I've never heard that before. And I was like, oh, wait. So me even just going through this process of self-discovery, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm living in my purpose. And then I've seen her recently, and she made us do the, the value thing again. And I'm sure you've done it. It's a Lululemon kind of exercise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, my values kind of changed. And now, but it didn't mean that my values of the people I surround myself changed. It just meant my personal values of what I strive for. And I was like, it's a nice reminder that, like, it's okay for us to change our values and, mm-hmm. and maybe eventually connect with different people, but that's how we'll all grow on an individual level to then grow yeah. as a collective. collective. <laughs> wow. Wow. She practiced that. In I practiced that. I was like, she practiced this well She's reading off of a script. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, 2020 has been a difficult year to say the least, oh my goodness. Um, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to finding communities, building meaningful relationships, building meaningful relationships with other females. So for someone who's like very new to all of this, what would your advice be for them to um, resonate or find a group that they really resonate with? Don't give up trying because, you know, like 
there are resources like at your fingertips closer than you think and I think it's from I feel like it's just being persistent and actually getting after what you want you know there's it's going to be no use just sitting behind a computer waiting for something to happen as opposed to like Mm -hmm. should I DM them you know you could DM patchwork you know (laughs) but it's like really that one step of even just doing something that makes me scare you but taking that risk like we took the risk of even just starting this you know what we're doing it's it's so my so beneficial so fulfilling Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, show up to places where Mm -hmm. you've never been Mm -hmm. or where you don't know anyone you're bound to meet people exactly mm -hmm. yeah and I think honestly through traveling by myself that was a huge instigator Mm -hmm. for me building confidence was knowing regardless of the situation the room that I'm in I have my back Mm -hmm. like I know how to get out of there I know how to start a conversation I know how to do things Mm -hmm. and that doesn't come with you sitting behind a computer watching other people live their lives Mm -hmm. it comes with you putting yourself out there and learning and being okay if you come off as a little awkward in the beginning Mm -hmm. or as like a little different just keep trying keep showing up um, in the same space until you feel like oh this actually doesn't serve me or show up to different spaces until you find something that works for you yeah well said yeah that's it very well said I think too it's okay I my number one would just be open-minded because mm-hmm. I would agree that like as a young person even up to recently I, I wouldn't go into put myself in uncomfortable yeah. situations but that's my comfort level and I think everybody has a right to like you know what they feel is okay for them but at the same time too it was like if I didn't have small conversations with in people on an individual level I wouldn't understand that there are these things that you know this commonalities or these other community spaces out there and I, like Christine said, just it's the it's twenty twenty. Everything was already horrible. You might as well just try. So you know, message. You gotta me. lose. Yeah, like yeah. the other day, somebody messaged us and they were like, "I'm, you know, I was nervous or I didn't necessarily know if I could DM you guys, but I just did because I'm trying this year to just do it." And I was like, "You were nervous to message us, mind you, you. We did a Zoom call. She was wearing a blazer and we were wearing shirts. And I was like, we are the hot mess. And I was like, like <laughs> my hair was. So it's just a reminder that it's like you know we're. You just have to, you really do have to try, like you said. And I think traveling and putting yourself out there in different experiences will then lead you to put yourself in positions like finding a community. Because Mm -hmm. you have to also do a little bit of the self-discovery in your own, I think, to then understand what self-discovery looks like with other people, right? Mm -hmm. And I also learned part of self-discovery is unlearning as well, you know, Mm -hmm. so. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Being open-minded is about not deciding before you've experienced it. Mm -hmm. It's experiencing and then evaluating, oh, Mm -hmm. is this place for me? If you decide already that it's not for you, you're gonna go in and pick out flaws. Mm -hmm. You're gonna go in and pick out reasons not to be there. Um, Like everything that we understand about our reality and our world and our existence and ourselves comes from our mind. And so if you have such a boundary or box set on how you think, then you're never gonna grow and you're never gonna see something different because you don't allow yourself to do that. I feel like our egos are so good at constructing reasons for us to keep believing the same things that we did. Mm-hmm. It loves familiarity, it loves security and stability, but we have to almost consciously break that down. And it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but that's the only way you grow. Yeah, and this thought of like reparenting yourself, like you have to start over even though you know you've had 
had these experiences to mm-hmm. not get stuck in your own thoughts is a big mm-hmm. yeah like the past was the past this is a different situation now mm-hmm. and you have to see it with new eyes oh I love this conversation <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for being oh, here and like sharing your light and sharing your purpose <laughs> before I let you guys go I want to go through a round of rapid fire questions first thing that comes to mind you ready where were you born? Toronto. Vancouver. Ooh. <laughs> I was like, don't say it wrong. Don't say it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite animal? Dogs. This is a hard one. Dirt. I don't know why baby. I planned this one. Dog oh, really? and pigs. Oh. <laughs> what? Dog and pigs. Dog oh. and pigs. Yeah. Piglets. I would say a baby tiger. <laughs> oh, a baby anything. Yeah. <laughs> really. That's true. Um, how do you take your coffee? Black. Black with milk. Oh, no. Not oh. black. Milk. Yeah, just milk. <laughs> I was like, I coffee. like black. Just kidding, with a lot of sugar and milk and No cream. sugar, just milk. <laughs> or oat milk, a tinge of oat milk mm. if I had to. What's your favorite sport to watch? Basketball and or skateboarding. <laughs> skateboarding? <laughs> I've never seen a skateboarding competition. I, love, oh, I feel like it would be yeah. so cool. Just watch it straight. I just know. <laughs> there's like reels, just there's reels it. and it's just so, I, just because I wish I could learn how to skateboard. I know. Yeah. Uh, That's the next workshop. Oh, soccer. Next session. Yeah. Mm, soccer's a good one like FIFA yeah like when like that comes on worse too you know when your parents are Spanish oh, <laughs> oh yeah you have World no choice World Cup is like you know it's a game over in my house it's like, like Olympics da- you don't see my dad mm. he's, he's gone <laughs> for like <seven laughs> what would your last meal on earth be oh man I know this is that question all over again yeah. I always say whatever my mom makes like she <gasps> whatever can make my mom anything well, and I'll be like yes. this is the best if thing I've I ever eaten if I did have to pick a meal my mom made because I that would be my same answer is her lumpia like her spring rolls with sweet chili thai sauce <gasps> oh, fuck yes. anything even though makes. I don't eat pork that much anymore I still eat it you still oh, yeah. 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 yeah my mom's dumplings I think mm. yeah we, you guys should come over and we'll yeah. eat dumplings yes. okay oh let's make that happen make dumplings yeah yeah Oh, I have to do it. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> it's on camera now. I have to do it. Uh, what's your go-to karaoke song? I'm like, as a Filipina who loves oh Lauren Hill. Um, I know, I can't imagine. <laughs> a lot of Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen or any Beatles song. Oh my god, that's like a 12 minute. Mine is random. It's Hema by Cameron. Hey, that's a good yeah. one. It's yeah. like a, literally an old school hip-hop song that I know all the lyrics to. I'm oh, like, I love those. Yeah, Even 90s, like TLC. No scrubs. No scrubs. Yeah. Oh, that's a, you know, a group of three. Yeah. We can do that right <laughs> Yeah, a bonus clip. Watch it on YouTube. <laughs> it's so singing. Um, what's the favorite place you've ever visited? Italy. I would say... Anywhere specific in Italy? Yeah. Um, well, the Malfi, but we stayed in this little town. I know. I, well, I, I, did, I did my <laughs> last year placement, so I actually taught in a school in Italy. So I think oh, I just wow. was most invested in there. Yeah, so oh. it was really cool. Ooh, That's amazing. That. But in Amalfi, there was a small town called Conca de Marini, and that was just, like, being outside of, Sounds like... legit. Yeah, being outside <laughs> of, like, the actual Amalfi was so cool because oh. it's, like, with the actual people who live in the town. And yeah, it was, it was by far, like... Uh, my hometown, the Philippines, and Japan. Mm. Where, where in the Philippines are you from? Uh, Dagupa, and it's up north. And just seeing my family, there's such a 360 of how we oh, live here. Yeah. Yeah. So it different. Opens up your perspective. How about you? Yeah. Um, I always say, like, Tel Aviv, Israel. Oh, was my favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, I just felt so at home there, even mm-hmm. though I don't know anybody there and I also had a really good experience um with my airbnb hosts mm. they yeah they like we ended up going on a picnic and they took me out it was so cute 
space is done. See, people make a big difference to why you feel closer to the space. 100%. Sometimes it's not just the place. It's mm. like the people. You yes. said your family. I said because of the school. And then right. you're mm-hmm. Airbnb host. Yeah, and like I'm sure each place is also just gorgeous. Yeah. Like, uh, what's a quote that motivates you? Oh my god, I didn't prepare for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is, and shout out to our homie Mac, mm-hmm. uh, approach every situation with love. And also, I have to mention this because Mary Young it's uh, a woman's beauty is not the absence of your own. Ooh, Ooh that's yeah. a good that's one. That's a great patchwork one too. Yeah, yes. I think mine is would just still be like uh, you're living your purpose. Just as a constant reminder for myself that I, regardless if I feel like I am or I'm not doing something, whatever it is, is to some purpose that I'll define at some point in my life. And maybe I won't, and that's okay. I'm living it. Beautiful <laughs> mantra. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> Shout out to Rachel. Yeah. Um, if you could have dinner with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? I had three answers. Okay. <laughs> wow. I, I only prepared for the it's, first time. Uh, it's a buffet. <laughs> She's having a dinner party. Yeah. yeah. Apparently. So I would say both my grandpas, because my grandpa and my dad's side, I didn't get to meet. Mm. My other grandma, uh, grandpa, he was in the war, and by the time I was able to talk to him, he was like, he had dementia and Alzheimer's, oh, so wow. he would just, um, I couldn't get the right, I want to know about the stories, like, mm. in the war that His he life, experienced. Yeah. yeah. And the last one is Oprah, because I want to, like, have that experience of being the other side of the seat and just crying and just like, oh my gosh. I love Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Or her, like, vegetable garden. I would just love oh, to see Oh, God. <laughs> Super yeah, Super oh, Sundays. Man. Come back to me. Go. All right. <laughs> I always say Jesus. Honestly, um. regardless of like if he's really you know God's son and all mm. that in the Bible, I just I'm just curious. Like, what led you to be literally the most famous person mm. in the history of ever? That is a really good question. Yeah. Ooh, I, no, guys, I don't like, do you, you, can you, do I know. Yeah, like, can you actually turn water into wine? Like, yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. a thing? Can you show me? <laughs> or even because like the Bible, like I don't know, like th- growing up, there were so many things I questioned about it, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I want to ask. What Jesus, did you mean by this? Yeah, like, like, yeah, oh, like yeah. asking Jesus, like, what are the true facts? Like, what? You know yeah, what? What, mean? Like, what really happened? I'll come to all your dinner parties. Yeah, I know. You're invited. <laughs> I don't know who will come to Skip me. Okay. Anyone? <laughs> no. Okay. Everybody. Everybody. She says in the world. What's your favorite kombucha flavor, or what's a flavor? combo you think I should try I ask okay. everyone this what would you think um okay so I asked my sister so she's included in this she would say mango raspberry mm. um to try to, to, to try I think oh. and then for me I know it sounds weird but kimchi because it's both fermented with kombucha like isn't don't kombucha do that. <laughs> don't, don't listen to her but I'm like cabbage flavored kombucha um well, she's like ferment. she heard fermented she's like I'll put yeah. yeah I haven't tried too many too many kombucha flavors to be okay. honest so okay. yeah I think they're usually more in the free <laughs> I know that's why when June, my sister Julie said that I was like oh that makes sense <laughs> that's very creative actually yeah. one of my one of my friends Ash she came on the podcast and she's like can you make like a Caesar kombucha like mm, it's oh. like salty but has tomato juice but it, it's also spicy and mm-hmm. a little vinegary mm-hmm. and I was like yo that's you might be up to something yeah I think for me it'd be there's okay kombucha usually the store-bought ones always has kiwi I don't know if that why it has oh. kiwi but um I love the yellow kiwis so if it was just a yellow kiwi kombucha Ooh. flavor there's a be, yellow yeah because the green kiwi. yeah the golden kiwis because the green kiwis I don't know I get allergic reaction to those mm. but the yellow not so that would be like my that would be my favorite. Great so, ideas. My okay. birthday's in January. 
Oh, wow. Subtle. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, this is my address. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite month. I've been able to slide the birthday card, you know? It's like, it's coming up yes. three month notice. Uh, that's great. And kombucha is great for January because everybody's dry. Like, no one's drinking. Yeah. So, it's the perfect beverage. Exactly. Um, Let's make a Caesar. <laughs> she's still on the she's still on the fermented cabbage yeah. and Caesars. Um, where can people find you guys? Plug your stuff. Like, what are some events coming up? Like, uh, yeah. Well, there's our Instagram, which is mm-hmm. Patchwork dot collective. Dot collective. I yeah. know, like, you're looking at me. I'm like, I'm like oh, is it? <laughs> okay, so uh, our Instagram's Patchwork dot collective. Our yes. website. www.patchworkcreates.com and then they can check out your personal because she owns it too so no mine's private unless you know me but it's okay Pat does he does don't try (laughs) when you work with kids you gotta keep some things private I know I I work with a coworker. she just knows everything you're like how do you know that about me yeah or Steeny with four E's yes with four E's four E's E's. yeah because some people you know they had to make sure it's the one that Oh my goodness. All the ease. (laughs) And if you want to email, it's info at patrickcreates.com. Yeah, reach out to them. And you guys can find me on Instagram at kombucha.mami. I have a four-week nutrition challenge that is coming out next month in November. And that'll be for beginner athletes or people who are just like starting out in nutrition. Um, And you can follow the podcast um, Instagram at boochpleasepodcast. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.